there have always been worlds in my mind. Characters worth cheering for. Welcome back to the Scribe's Journal. I am your host, the Scribe of Worlds, and I am joined once again by none other than... Hello, it's me, the Violet Author. That's right, we are back again, uh, this time talking about good old what's-their-name. But before we jump into it, we wanted to share some of the, uh, the submissions that we've gotten from our first two prompts. And so I think, uh, Violet, you had chosen one that you wanted to share. Yes. So uh, this user goes by the name of the guy in the hat. Um, and the guy in the hat for our first prompt. Which is shockingly not me. I, it is, actually. Scribe is well known for his hat-wearing behaviors. And so... Uh, that this guy's trying to steal your nomenclature. What'd it be? No. Nomenclature is nickname. So he's trying to steal your... Oh, dear. Not... Your... Identity? Your... Um... Identity theft is no joke, Jim. Millions <laughs> of Americans suffer from it every day. He's trying to steal your thing. Great quote. Great use of the quote thank as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so for this prompt, which is just right, the guy in the hat wrote about a Myra Finch giving a testimony to the Ashwick Delete Police Department about her husband, Arthur Finch, who happens to be an author. And one of the reasons that I absolutely loved this submission is because even though it starts out relatively simple, it draws you in right from the start with a, a solid opening. It doesn't give away too much, but the first paragraph shows that this woman is in distress. She's in a police station. She's giving a testimony and that people aren't believing her. Then goes into perspective background explaining who she is who her husband is where they live uh talks about her husband the fact that he is a writer um and then talks about the problem this is almost the middle of the story which is that her husband runs into writer's block and that he comes home with a solution to this problem which is he previously wrote on a typewriter but he found a pen and you'll have to read it to know uh, any information about this pen but at the very end i uh, it, it it turns into something quite fascinating. I I got this this story had some twists. It had some had some turns. I for a short story, it, it very much caught my interest. Scribe was hearing me read it and heard me yeah. quiet, and then oh, and then quiet, and then whoa, and all that fun stuff. Yeah, the unboxing of this story uh, through your eyes was was a lot of fun. Uh, but one section that I really liked that I thought was very fitting for the theme of our story is this, and I'm going to read it out loud, and it starts like this. The book, which is Arthur's project, would be a comedy with a satirical tone, both genres that I don't care for, but when I listened to how passionate Arthur was with his project, I couldn't help but be engaged, until about two weeks ago. After a few dinners of him not talking about his book, I decided to ask him about it, only to be told with reluctance and a drooped head that he had stumbled upon his greatest fear, writer's block. He told me the specifics of the issue, about how clauses were hanging, or how story arcs couldn't be completed. Look, I don't know the technical aspects of his hobby, but I could tell he was distraught. I tried to do everything I could think of to raise his spirits to no avail. So, that's just a little section. The reason that I'm bringing this up is because, truthfully, going into this challenge, Scribe, you don't mind if I share, Scribe and I had both hit a bit of a bout of of our own <laughs> bit of writer's block yeah for, for most for multiple reasons scribe has been very busy lately 
Yes. Yeah, that week I barely got the prompt done. And it was very short under, uh, might have even been under a thousand words. And that was the only thing I wrote the entire week. And similarly, I managed to write mine just in one go. It's a private submission. I didn't post it anywhere. It just ended up being a song. The first creative spark that I have had in, truthfully, about a week or so, which is very rare for me. Normally, Scribe knows I'm, I'm, I'm at least making something. But I, I'd run into a serious bout of it. And so I really related. Guy in the hat with your character, Arthur. You wrote a a very well-rounded story with a with a nice closing cliffhanger at the end, and I genuinely loved it. So good job, guy in the hat. You did a very good writing piece for prompt one. You hit upon our reasoning very well, and I hope that it gave you spark that you'll be able to complete week two and week three whenever you like. And also a reminder that you don't have to be on time for this. You can start whenever you want, at whatever section you want, although I do suggest starting with prompt one. And if you're late to the party, don't worry. We do not mind late submissions, and who knows, we may include your section in our next episode. So, uh, Scribe, you had a section yourself from a piece of writing that you'd like. Do you want to talk about Yeah, uh, so this is a submission from a user known as ZLady. She also participated in the 2022 yeah. Christmas Advent Calendar where we had a piece of writing or artwork or something for every day of Advent leading up to Christmas. And the there's similar overtones between this submission, uh, which was for prompt number two, The Sound of inter Internal Screaming, and her submission for that one, where both of them are written about characters that you don't know who are until you get to the very end of the section. So I'm going to start at the the top of the, the submission, and then I'm going to skip to the end so you can kind of get an idea without having to go through the entire thing. This dark box has been my home as long as I can remember. They say we can't remember our first moments of existence, but I do. That day, my eyes were open, and I, as I spun, I saw my siblings, each one looking a little different than me. We caught glimpses of each other as we continued on our way. As is common with multiples, we were each identified with a small detail so that people could tell us apart. A jaunty hat, a mustache, a bow and non-existent hair, a bow tie. We continued on our way until our trip was cut short and we were placed, unceremoniously, in a box. So here I am. I am not comfortable. It is dark and hot and stuffy. I am wedged between a top hat and a faux sword. What on earth is going on? What is the purpose? of this confinement. Wait, I see light. The dark container opening. I spy my siblings and we are all wide-eyed with wonder, except one who seems to perpetually wink one of her long eyelashes. It's loud and bright. Where are we? Are we safe? What is happening? And then coming down to the end, my siblings are right here beside me in the water, each of us booing but helpless as the water moves us along. Where are we going? Are you all okay? I try to ask my siblings, as I see they too are marked so their new guardians will know who they have claimed. Help! I stare at my siblings, hoping they will see my fear and reach out, but they too are just being carried along. Finally, the water slows, the cheers abound, and I am pulled from the water. Duck number 491 has made it to the finish line. Yeah, so a couple things I really liked about it. First of all, <clears throat> you have no idea, like I said, what 
who or what this is about until the very end. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, it's a duck. And like I said, she did something similar with the Christmas Advent Challenge. And you guys can go on and check that out. I'll put a link to it in the in the description. But the the way it sets up this tension and this drama of what's going on and then all of a sudden at the very end you realize oh this is perfectly safe they're just floating along a river to a fake finish line and are now being pulled out and they're okay but all the while as a reader you're kind of going along on this you know river ride of uh, all these emotions am i safe am i where are we going what's going on and i really like that and it fits really well with today's prompt good old what's his name because we are talking about a short story written about someone who no one can remember their name and the prompt itself is pretty self-explanatory so i'm not going to go too much into that but instead we wanted to take the time today and talk a little bit more about how do you build a character what makes a character memorable how do you write a flawed character what are tropes to play into or to avoid so yeah, kick us off. Who or or what is one of your favorite characters that you've written or um or read oh. about? Well, I'm a little bit proud of my characters, so I'm gonna pick one of mine. One specifically that I love is my character August or Augustus from my series The Augmented. Mm-hmm. And I've talked about him before with you uh, on other uh episodes that probably I don't think exist anymore. I'm I'm pretty sure we talked about August on the original recording of this episode mm-hmm. uh, last year, which did not work oh, out. Oh, yeah, because we had we had technical issues. Yeah. So sad. But hey, I get to introduce August to the world here. August is one of my favorite characters in that book and of all times, mostly because I genuinely do not like him. I do not like him as a person. He annoys me. He is written to be an egotistical jerk for very good reasons, mostly all trauma-based, but... August is a well-rounded goof. He he's just a problematic person. He he grew up in a relatively abusive, uh, neglectful household, and his parents were extremely rich. So he is a trust fund baby to the extreme. He picked this school that this this book is set in. This this university. He picked it specifically to tick off his parents because they said that he could go to any university in the world, and he chose a little backwater university. So the whole time that the story's going on, he views life as a joke and he treats it as such. He's a player, he drinks, he's all over the place, and he's really sarcastic. He doesn't really take many things seriously, and I love him. I love writing him because he is just the perfect character for me to use to further plot, but also to write a very nice character arc. He's a perfect vessel for story, plot, and character development. He pushes other characters. He pushes himself. It's just a, a big old fun time when August is in the room, and he's just one of my favorites. He's goofy, and that's that's August for me. What about one of yours? So we have mentioned this rather elusive character quite a number of times in this podcast series, and I have been saying that we will get to her, we will get to her. So today we will finally talk about Tinker. Yeah! Yeah, so Tinker is from my Adventures in Fantasy series, uh, which is the current project I'm working on, and she is this five-foot-nothing alchemist with a big personality, a talkative spirit, an ADHD mind, and a crocheted octopus thing named Glorpius. 
And she is one of my favorite characters of all time to write. I've been writing, I, I, I just finished the end story of one of the major arcs and I got to write Tinker's character again. So she's very fresh in my mind. And she's just so much fun because I can let that little scatterbrained side of myself just have at it. And she's so quick with responses. She loves to have fun. There's nothing that dampens her spirits. But she's wildly intelligent and very sarcastic, which is a, a trait that I hold very dear to my heart. My current favorite line from her is or we could rescue ourselves we don't need any help from old ethnically ambiguous men which just kind of encapsulates all of her character i love it i absolutely love it one of the biggest things about a character is writing a character that people can relate to and i have selfishly decided in my own egotistical mind that scribe <laughs> has just written me into one of his stories and that is just that is canon for me it's not true but it's canon for me because i love tinker so much oh my it's, gosh it's a mix of a couple people i don't think tinker could ever be defined by one person i agree as incredible as you are i think tinker kind of transcends one point of inspiration to build off of those characters What's something that you did with August that is either a trope or a subversion of a trope? So what I mean by that for people who aren't writers or need a refresher, a trope is a, I don't want to say a stereotype, but kind of a, a common usage of a character or a common usage of a plot point, something like that. And then a subversion of that trope is taking what is normal and twisting it so now what people expected to see is no longer what they see. Do you have any examples of that? Yeah, I, that's tough. Uh, so he really is a trope, not in any like storyline based way, but in like a character creation way. He is the sarcastic character with a dark background, uh, running from his own demons while creating more along the way because he doesn't know how to exist without. He's emotionally suppressed. He's got a bad history with one of the other characters, and he, he he's just a mess. I what I would call that. Is there a trope for that? Is there a trope I for think... a morally gray, sarcastic, traumatic character? Deadpool? Deadpool. You know what? That exa that's exactly what he's like. He's a lot <laughs> like Deadpool, except for just a little bit more human. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I think, though, that a lot of uh, team stories or uh, you know, team plots, you have the, the, the leader who is usually outspoken or has a quiet leadership type. You have the strong but silent. You have the moody and grouchy, which I feel like August more falls into, but I could that's be wrong that, that's about more, that. That's more Annalise. Okay. Moody and grouchy. She is, she is like the sig mom of the group. Okay. Cigarette mom. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't well she does smoke but i i feel like august might be an amalgamation of a couple of them but having a gritty sarcastic kind of character feels pretty typical for a, a story about a team of people yeah and he is lovable especially towards the end he becomes incredibly lovable and i i i love writing him and you know if other people are like oh this guy's such a jerk guess what that is the entire point of August. <laughs> and that's his point, too. So, yeah, that's his true. What about you for Tinker? 
Yeah, Tinker is easily the ever-classic, bright mechanic, happy-go-lucky, not a care in the world, shoots off at the mouth, but everything she says is just like a, a bubble of sunshine. We're talking like Spencer Reed from Criminal Minds, Abby from NCIS, uh, or even Garcia from Criminal Minds. Just the mix of mix of these, like, it's, it, ah, I just love her. I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you because I love her so much. I, I I just started watching Firefly, which is one of my wife's favorite TV se- series 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 because there's only one yeah series series it's her, one of her favorite season of all times. <laughs> and Tinker is Kaylee from Firefly, and if you've never seen Firefly, watch a single episode, and Kaylee is pretty much Tinker, just taller. Just a heads up though, uh, if you watch the show. There's only one season. It ends on a cliffhanger. There's a reason I haven't watched it yet, because I don't like shows that don't end. But just be prepared going in for disappointment at the end. We have not finished the first season, but we will probably finish it. I shouldn't say the first season. We have not finished the season, uh, but we probably will very soon. And I will be reading all the fan theories to figure out what happens next. But regardless, that's the trope that she falls into. And she falls into it very well. As for subversion... I can't really say there's any real subversion to her character archetype. I think my favorite thing is her byplay with the other characters. The biggest subversion is that she and her best friend, who is a male, she's a female, are just best friends. There's never a romantic subplot. And then my favorite thing about her specifically is her two side characters. Like I said, she has a living ball of yarn that's been crocheted into a octopus thing named glorpius or glorp and then she has this little robot named suleiman and suleiman feeds off of knowledge that's how he sustains himself and their byplay is really funny because glorpius doesn't speak it's just a living ball of yarn and suleiman will just spout off random facts and is very much the classic robot of these are the facts and this is the numbers And this is how the situation is. C-3PO. Yeah, C-3PO, but with a lot more useless knowledge because most of his knowledge comes from Wikipedia. Aww. Yeah, he's great. He's named after some Turkish emperor, I think. I can't remember. I wrote his origin story at some point. Mm -hmm. I think I read that. Yeah, it's, it's on the website. You can actually read it. It's called Teresa the Tinker. Stepping away from our own characters, how do you write a character that's memorable? Hmm. Or what's something about a character that you remember that makes them so memorable? Oh, man. Obviously, it's a conglomeration of things. But one of the biggest things that you can do is continuity and quirks and flaws. Continuity, quirks, and flaws. Quirks really make a character stand out. It can be little things like this one character is really obsessed with, like, funny earrings. Or this one character says y'all all the time. Or... All these little things, like this one character, eats a lot. Like, if you think of popular book series written by an unfortunate author, Harry Potter, and you think of Ron Weasley, two things that stick out the most are the fact that he has bright ginger hair and the fact that he eats a lot. And those two things just make him stand out a little bit more from everybody else in the show, because other than the ginger hair, nobody else has that specific trait, the likes to eat and eats food when stressed. And with continuity, J.K. Rowling uses his eating while stressed multiple times throughout the story to help reestablish that. And so quirks, continuity, and flaws, because obviously stress eating is not a healthy way to 
to solve your problems, but it's definitely something that he has seen doing on multiple occasions. Sure. I don't know why I felt like using Harry Potter for that one, but... The amount of shade that gets thrown at J.K. Rowling on this podcast is... Well, it's happened twice, but that's just kind of funny. Yeah, let's let's talk about flaws. How do you how do you write a flawed character? Because I know a lot of times when I write, I like to write characters that not only can I relate to, but I can look up to. So, how do you write a character with a flaw, whether it's significant or little, and still be able to love them or look up to them or respect them? Like, still be able to write a character that's someone better than you without making them deplorable or without making no flaws at all? I'd say when I'm writing a character and I need to choose flaws, I choose a big flaw and a little flaw. The big flaw is something that throughout the story either gets solved or exacerbated. Uh, if a character is struggles with lying, then throughout the story, they either use that and become a worse liar. Well, a worse liar is somebody who's better at lying and because better at lying and uses it in inopportune situations or they rely more on the truth and they rely more on the people around them to help them get out of situations that's a big one and then for a small one maybe the character bites his nails and that's a little bit more of a quirk but if you give him a small negative trait that's something that people will remember and it's it's also helps them be more rounded because we don't just all have one big negative thing about us we have like little things that we're trying to stop bad habits bad coping skills so I'd say give him a big flaw and give him a little flaw because that just helps him stay a little bit more interesting. Sure. I like that. What about you? When I when I start looking at flaws, I keep in mind that flaws are not necessarily bad things. Like you said, we all have flaws. We all have differences in our personality. So for example, the byplay between Tinker and her best friend T. Tinker is very talkative. T is not. Neither of those in themselves are bad things, but sometimes Tinker talks too much, and sometimes T needs to say stuff and just doesn't. So there's things like that which might start out as being minor, you could call them flaws or personality traits, which can become issues. You know, when you start mouthing off at the big bad, it might not end well for you. And if you don't speak up for your friends, it might not go well for you. So I think that's kind of where I start and where I aim towards my characters is taking their personalities and kind of embellishing them a little bit. But I really like what you said about having a big flaw and a little flaw kind of to get things rolling. Oh, yeah. I use that all the time. It just it just helps me visualize my characters a little bit better. And, and flaws do make people memorable, but it's also important to give your characters little things that make them stand out for positive reasons. Things that maybe they're better at than others. Maybe something that, that they just like doing more. Do you have any examples of some cute quirks uh, that, that you've given characters that have helped them stand out a little bit more? Yeah, yeah. So like I said, Tinker is a very, very talkative, very bright, very ADHD mind kind of person. One of the moments where I felt like her personality was just captured perfectly was in that origin story where she's trying to figure out how to get this little robot who later becomes Suleiman to run, trying to figure out what powers him and what motivates him. She's reading about Constantinople. And in parentheses, the Wikipedia article says Istanbul. And she just goes off immediately into Istanbul, Constantinople. Now it's Istanbul, not Constantinople. Been a long time gone. Constantinople, not Constantinople. Get the works. That's nobody's business but the Turks. And in my Google Docs, 
that I share with my beta readers, there's just a, a, a massive comment in all caps that's, I started singing that song and then she started singing it. Wait, was that me? And yeah, it was. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but. <laughs> yeah, of course it was. Also, shout out to Umbrella Academy for introducing us to that song. Yeah, very true. I love that song so much. And I, I loved it because it was it was exactly what I was aiming for. I wanted someone reading that to be like, oh, this is where she, oh, that she just went there. She just went there. I wasn't actually sure if she was going to, but she did. And it's those kind of little quirks of her talking about one thing and then all of a sudden spiraling down into another conversation in her own brain about whatever it might be. You know, we talked about internal monologues a while back and how an idea might pop into your brain and it's not really directly connected to whatever you're talking about in the moment, but you run with it. And that happened in one of hers. She's thinking about her homework, which she's supposed to be doing, and then thinking about Suleiman trying to figure out how to get this robot running, which is just kind of important, but not really important. And then all of a sudden she's like, I haven't eaten yet today. I need to go eat. And so I, I love being able to bounce around in her brain space like that. It's just so much fun for me. And I think it makes her a very compelling character to read. Uh, and then she keeps making comments that people don't know how to respond to. Like, for example, the we don't need help from ethnically ambiguous old men. It's just her. And people don't know how to respond to that. But I think that's that I think that's a big part of what makes her memorable. What about you? What so August, a lot of the things that you've talked about are more negative aspects, but you say that at the by the end of the story he kind of becomes a lovable character. So how does how does that happen? Well, truthfully, without going into too much detail, because there isn't too much detail, I haven't really <laughs> finished the story yet. It's a trilogy. I have the full understanding of book one, full understanding of book two, book three, uh oh. But I know that by the end I haven't really decided August's fate yet, hmm. but I know from the end of the first book, August has become a lot more of a team player. He's he's more stopped his individual self-destructive tendencies because he, he really gets drawn in by the new character that pulls all of these original group characters back into a team, which is such a complicated sentence to say for people who don't understand the story <laughs> because I haven't talked about it. It's all right. Don't worry about it. He gets drawn back into this group of friends and he feels like for the first time in his life, he has a goal and a purpose. And that's not something that August has ever felt he has. Hmm. He's always felt like life was just to an end, have fun along the way. But the reason that August starts to turn around is because for the first time in his life, he's given not only a goal, he's given a group of people that need him to complete that goal. And that relies on him not messing up. Interesting. And obviously he does. All of them do. They do mess up in different ways, but it gives him a chance to be a better person in a way that he can't push them away. They are required to have him with them in this. So he doesn't have a reason to try and push them away because he can't push them away. He needs them for this as well. So it's the first time in his life he's not been given a choice in being in something, but other people haven't been given a choice in leaving him behind either. So he's given a chance to not mess things up that he can't mess up unless he messes it up. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Unless he accidentally messes it up. Right, exactly. Like, he has no reason to do what he normally does, which is self-destruct. Because he actually wants this to succeed. And that, that's something that sticks out to me, to him by the end, is that he... He becomes almost the unifying glue at certain points near the end of the first book. 
pushing them forward, coming up with new ideas, which is not something that they've seen before and something that is actually commented on. Like, oh, we didn't, hmm. we've never seen August like this before. So invested in something. Yeah. Watching a character growth is crucial to a plot. Ted Decker, who is a Christian writer and published a, a writing series briefly, said that the one thing that will make or break a book is whether or not there's transformation in your character. Your character themselves has to go on a journey from one person to another. Mm -hmm. It's not just what they do, but it's who they become in that. That makes a book relevant and makes a book something that you would hold dear to your heart because you can relate to that character growth. And that's what you want to do with your characters. You want to make someone that people can relate to, that people can identify with. And yeah, have fun with it. So again, this prompt itself isn't so much building a character. It's writing a story about a character, about a person that no one can remember the name of. And you can write about why that person's name is not memorable. Maybe it's a curse. Maybe they just are the most beige person in town and their name is something like Bob or Tom or Fred or Jeff or something like that, that no one can remember. But have fun with it. This one is the only one that's had a word count or page count attached to it. Oh, I didn't actually know that. Yeah, so the hope is that you write about 1,500 to 2,500 words, and that comes to about four to six pages probably, depending on what size font and spacing and whatnot you use. So it, it is a little bit longer because everything else is, has been more free write, which means that you can just kind of end whenever you want. But this one, I, I really want you to try and push to write something a little bit longer if you aren't used to writing something this long. And so if it takes you longer than the week, that's completely fine. And not everyone can sit down and write something like that in a week. But take your time and and really see where this goes. I almost want to challenge that you're not building a character because you are. You're building at least three characters in this. You're you're building the place that these people are in. In case you're struggling, in yeah. case you're like, oh gosh, how do I get to this workout? Here's something you can remember. You're building the place that the story takes place in. It can be anything from a coffee shop to a magical island. You're building a minimum of two characters to talk to each other, who at least know each other or don't know each other, but have a common denominator where they know they know a similar person. And you're also building this mystery third person. Because all that these people have to go off of are these flaws and these quirks and these little things that pop out that you may not remember while you're talking to them, but when you walk away, will continue to stick out to you. So push into it. Push into the little things. Push into the little details. And, and yeah, like Scribe said, have some fun with it. It, it, can, it can all go horribly wrong. They can be in a coffee shop and then a dragon crashes through the ceiling in a world that's not always fantasy. Like, don't think you have to stick with the mundane. Don't think you have to stick with the unordinary. It might seem like a challenge, but genuinely, if you just keep adding little elements in, it'll all add up. And you, I, I know that you can hit that page count. So a little bit of encouragement. I encourage you. Be encouraged. There you go. Your challenge has been sustained and and agreed with, yes. But yeah, have some fun with it. Go crazy and send it to us. Send it to us mm -hmm. once you're done. You can either send it to us via Discord or send it to scribeofworlds at gmail.com. Or if you are looking for another method, uh, you can just message us, comment on the Instagram or Facebook post, and we'll get back to you. Mm -hmm. 
I'll make sure that if you individually message it to us, that you specify whether or not you want it to be a private or public submission, because if it is a public submission, we might mention you in the next episode that we make, which could be a lot of fun. This is very true. But regardless, enjoy your week and wander well. Bye!